Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here today with Pat Abendroth, who is not alone. He's here with me, and we're together recording a podcast. This is episode number 35, and we're going to be talking about special revelation. Ooh, revelation especiale. Yes. Sounds like a beer. It does, like Modelo. Maybe. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Glad to be back together. We've both been down with COVID-19, and so yes. happy to be back together and yeah. recording together. Yeah. Mike, you're uh, you're looking like you're you're back to normal. Feeling I, good? You know, I'm, I'm not all the way there. I'm feeling a lot better, though. It's been a couple weeks since I've been down with it. Uh, I think the worst part right now is just like this ongoing congestion maybe, but honestly, the lack of smell and taste is the worst. Oh, it's good at my house. It means diet program, losing <laughs> weight, can't taste the food. So what's the point? I, you know, I thought that would happen to me, but in all honesty, I think I've been searching for something to taste. So I've probably gained weight because I'm just trying everything I can. Try this, try that, try this, try that. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Unless it's super spicy or has a lot of seasoning, then I can like sense the spice or sense the seasoning. So it's it's ghost pepper flakes and tons of amounts of salt and pepper for me. Ooh, nice. Espicy. Yeah. I like espicy. Yeah. Hey Mike, we have mailbag here today. We for have real? something. Uh-huh. I just want everyone to know all of our, our all of our COVID listeners. All of our COVID listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the Pactum verse needs to know that we we received a letter here. It's from Pensacola, Florida. And Is it uh a check? It'd be nice if it was a check. And so it's a photograph, it says, from the first century. Mm. Who would have thunk it? We have a photograph from the first century. It's probably like on Kodak paper uh, from the first century. And and it is a photo of Jesus. Serious. Uh And we're supposed to please share. So if everybody can listen, (laughs) we're not even going to open it. Okay, we, we are not into graven images here, and so thank you for playing. It um, but we we actually are not going to look at the picture because we know it's actually not a picture of Jesus. That's Just right. trying to keep things on the up and up. It literally said on the outside of the envelope, "It was a picture of Jesus." <laughs> that is wild. Photo of Jesus, please <laughs> share. So huh. I get I get a kick out of it every time I speak at like Calvin Crest here outside of Omaha, and it's a Presbyterian camp, and they have this giant, you know, glaring supposed picture of Jesus staring at you when you're speaking. Never mind the fact that Calvin would not approve. Yeah, awkward. Anyway, when the eyes move and you walk across the room in the middle of the night, I'm kind of into that, though. I'll have to be be honest. (laughs) So mailbag is is complete. Yep, we've Uh, done mailbag. We also have here before us a couple of uh, pounds of coffee from an unnamed special Pactum listener friend. And we can't say who he is, but he is in the coffee biz. And he happens to know that I love Pete's coffee and that I love in particular the Guatemalan San Sebastian. So, and he did his very best to get some Guatemalan beans and roast them in such a way as I might like them and you might like them. Mm. And so here we have bags of beans. It's the Tenebras blend because it's the Darkness. dark blend, right? And I have a bag of beans and I have a bag of ground beans. And I think we should offer to give them away if we, we have a certain way we could do that. What do you think? We should, yeah. So here's what we're going to do because we love coffee here on the Pactum and lots and lots of our listeners because we have several listeners. Several listeners. You all like coffee as well. And we, we know that everyone sees themselves as an expert. And so uh, we know how it goes. Uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Expert- <laughs> expertise 
spice is in the in the in the tongue of the taster or something <laughs> yeah, like that's that. That's good expertise. So maybe so we don't want to, we don't want to create a rift or a split among listeners. No. But if you are a Pete's coffee drinker and you prefer something, let's just say let's start with if you if you drink Pete's Guatemalan blend or house blend or maybe Major Dickinson blend, mm. uh, something like that, and you would like to try the Tenebras blend here at the Pactum, uh, we can't sell this, but it has been made explicitly and specifically for us, the Pactum verse. If you'd like a bag of beans, we'll send you a bag of beans or ground beans. Let us know. And uh, the first two people yep. uh, to reach out to us can do that. How can they, how can the they find us? The first two people to email us. We're going to make it a one channel only. So okay. this is old school, but the first two people to email us, connect at thepactum.org, connect at thepactum.org. So the first two people to email us that would like to try the Tenebras blend, Pactum coffee, uh, we'll send it to you. Super. Awesome. I'm in. I'm a fan. We're so thankful for people that love us and support us and caffeinate us on the Pactum. We might need a little extra caffeination today. We might. Yep. It's, you know, the Rona. She gets you down. But (laughs) we press on. Uh, So we're going to talk about uh, special revelation today, but not special revelation like our listeners might be thinking we're talking about. We like special revelation. We just don't like it when people say, God told me. Yeah. That's that's really what we're getting at today. So we're going to be polemical because we like to be that sometimes. When people say, God told me, first of all, Mike, have you ever heard anyone say, God told me? Oh, plenty. I mean, people, you know, I think people sometimes they say they don't even think they're... They don't even think about it. It I just think, comes out. I think you're right. I heard a pastor at a mega church here in town just this past week say that God told me. You can hear Stephen Furtick say, God told me. Sarah Young of Jesus Calling fame. Oh, yeah. God told me. Rick Warren, Bill Johnson of Bethel fame. Charismatics, non-charismatics, Baptists, non-Baptists, and everybody in between. Yeah. Uh, I even think Beth Moore speaks in such terms, but we're not allowed to mention her because yeah. we might sound like we're the patriarchy yeah. or something like that. But so many people say, God told me. God speaks to me me. God gave me special, a special word of knowledge or something like that. Yeah. So Mike, what do you think of when you hear someone say, God told me? I think they're full of beans. Liar, liar, pants <laughs> yeah. on fire, sitting on a telephone wire. I always think, oh, this will be good. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think that. I always think, I th- literally, I think you're, you're a liar. Yeah. And I guess today, if we sound like bullies, Mike, I think maybe we're, we're getting, getting through to our packed and verse listeners. Yeah. Because uh, I think people who say things like that are actually bullies. We'll get to that. Sure. But we don't want to pull any punches. We want to say, if people tell you God says things to them, gives them direct revelation, we don't think you should believe them. We, should, we don't think you should listen to them. We think they're fanatics. Yeah. Uh, we think they're out of line historically, biblically. And even though it's so popular, we don't think you should believe them in the slightest. So sorry, not sorry for sounding harsh, but when someone says, God told me, I think I don't believe you. Yeah. So maybe we should say, God told me to tell you not to say things like, God told me, (laughs) but then we would just be playing the game and it would be circular reasoning. So we won't do that. We probably should keep moving and thinking this matter through from a biblical perspective. So Pat, as you said, we don't believe people even in the slightest bit when they say God told me Uh, we wouldn't buy what they're selling at all. Uh, Why would you not believe someone when they say that? Where I would start is I would start with the progressive nature of revelation. I would go to Hebrews chapter one. Uh, I've argued this way before and I've used other texts, but anymore, I would go to Hebrews one every single time 
even on Tuesdays uh, because of the nature of progressive revelation, and it culminates in Christ. Mm. Hebrews 1, 1 says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke. So here we have God is a God of revelation. God is a God who speaks, and he's spoken in diverse ways. He's revealed, revealed himself in different and diverse ways throughout history. Uh, and so we keep reading, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And then in verse 2, it says, but in these last days. So there's a point of contrast, and it's a good kind of point of contrast because there's culmination. There's, there's fulfillment. Uh, things have been moving somewhere. So but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Mm. And I, if I could, I would stand on my head to get everyone's attention and say, look, there it is. Yeah. Uh, God is a God of revelation. Absolutely. But all, all and any special revelation has been moving, moving forward in history to a specific purpose, which is to have God's son be the ultimate revelation. The text goes on to unpack things wonderfully, but that really should be enough for us to say, look, God reveals himself, but ultimate revelation is in his son. Right. And so anytime somebody wants to say, well, we're going to go backward, yeah. I think we're going backward and it's never been God's design to go backward. It's always been to move us to center upon the ultimate revelation who is none other than Christ the Lord. And with that in mind, what we end up having is we, we don't need more revelation. We don't need new revelation. We have the final climactic superior perfect revelation in the Son, the majesty on high at the right hand of the Father. And so that, that's where I'm going to go to first. People who say, well, God told me this and God told me that, and they want to somehow base it upon examples from the Old Testament or earlier examples from the New, I think, no, all of that's been designed to lead us forward to the ultimate revelation in Christ. And I don't think we're looking for any new ultimate revelation. The one thing we're waiting for, and we can even think about Acts 1 and the Ascension, mm -hmm. the one thing we're waiting for is the return. Yeah. The return of Christ. And so we don't need anything new. Never mind the fact that when so many people claim that God speaks to them, they're speaking something that's not true about Christ uh, or not about Christ at all. It's something lesser. And it really seems to miss the whole point of progressive revelation. Mm. Yeah. We could move on from there and talk about the sufficiency of the scripture because the Bible does claim to be sufficient. Uh, I think we should tie in the sufficiency of, of scripture with the Jesus and the apostles and them passing off of the scene. And we end up having the scripture. We have the closing of the canon. We don't need anything more. We have the sufficient special revelation from God, which is in the scriptures. And so we don't need to add to them. And when people say, God tells me things, well, if God is telling you things, now we, we need to have an open canon, not a closed canon. Mm. We need to have an insufficient scripture because it needs to be supplemented, not a sufficient scripture. And now all of a sudden we're, we're off the target when it comes to biblical Christianity, and we're going to find ourselves in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And two, we also have the support and perspective of our Christian heritage. You know, we talk a lot in our episodes about history, about confessions. You know, we're not the first Christians, and there are those who have gone before us who have fought over these issues for many, many years. Yep, episode 15, On Being Confessional. Yeah, and so we think about how they, over the years, have uh, stood firm on these things as well. I'm thinking uh, a quote from Francis Turretin here, Is the Scripture a complete and adequate rule of faith and practice, or only a partial and inadequate rule? Ah, what, that's a great question, yeah. and that yeah. really Which is the is question it? we're posing. Is it complete, is it adequate, or is it only partial and inadequate? Yep. 
And he says, we maintain the former, which is that it's an adequate and complete rule of faith. The papists, the latter, holding that, quote, unwritten traditions pertaining to faith and practice are to be received with the same regard and reverence as the scriptures, end quote. Ah, so we're going to side with Turretin. Yeah. Turretin, 1623 to 1687. So we are paying attention to history. When people say, God told me such and such, or whatever they might have to have to claim, uh, they're, they're not siding with Protestant history, that's for sure. Right. Uh, Ref- Re- Reformation Protestant kind of history. Similarly, and in, in more recent days, Louis Burkhoff says this, he says, neither Rome nor the Anabaptists regard the Bible as sufficient, which is rather fascinating. I'm going to stop quoting him for a second here. So Rome needs new special revelation, not just scripture. So they're deniers of the sufficiency of scripture. Right. And also the Anabaptists, um, they're also deniers of the sufficiency of scripture, but they're, they're, they're on the opposite end of the extreme. But still, we have to have new revelation from God because the Bible isn't enough. Right, yeah. So both of those are problematic and in error. and We want to avoid both of those historical kinds of errors. And Burkhoff goes on to say, the latter had a low opinion of scripture and asserted the absolute necessity of the inner light, Ooh, mm. inner light, uh, and of all kinds of special revelations. <laughs> they attached very little importance to the ministry of the word. One of their pet slogans was the letter killeth and the spirit maketh alive. From the time of the Middle Ages, Rome maintained the absolute necessity of oral tradition as a complement to the written word. So mm. Rome undermined sufficiency in a certain way, and then the Anabaptists undermined the sufficiency of Scripture, or the radicals, we might say, uh, in another certain sort of way. But both end up committing a grievous spiritual error. Yeah. If we talk about the confession, something similar happens. So if we look at a historic, reformed, Protestant confession, what ends up happening is we see uh, or we hear things like this. The Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. And you keep reading, and before you know it, they say, being now complete. Mm. So it is the only sufficient And it is now complete. Therefore, to add to is to undermine sufficiency of Scripture. Also, uh, confessionally speaking, how about this? The whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down or necessarily contained in the Holy Scripture unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelation of the Spirit or traditions of men. Hmm. So the confession covers both the Anabaptist kind of error uh, that we hear so often or the Roman Catholic kind of error that we also hear so often, uh, which uh, addresses this very matter we're talking about. It is why we say let's be confessional Christians because the historic Protestant confessions leave no room for this. God told me such and such shenanigans. Right, yeah. um, sub-Christian kind of mysticism. Yeah. And, you know, you hear people say it all the time, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, and you hear people just kind of flippantly throwing it around, but it really is a big, important deal to be saying, God told me. Uh, What's maybe some of the harm in claiming new revelation? Because some people, they say it, they don't even understand that that's harmful and that's a bad thing. You don't want to be saying that. Uh, But there are some who are saying it purposefully, uh, what is the harm in claiming new revelation? Can you imagine just standing up on a Sunday morning or just during the week or whatever? <laughs> hey, I just want you to know that God told me this. <laughs> I, 
I right? Can, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Maybe if I somehow have some kind of brain malfunction and lose my mind, I might sure. start saying these things. <laughs> but I mean, really, yeah. Uh, th- there used to be a woman who attended the church here, and she was always claiming that God was telling her things. And we had a decent enough relationship, and she stuck around for long enough. But I would say, seriously? Hmm. I mean, I mean, r- think about it. If God is actually giving you new revelation, right. um, why in the world am I just preaching the Bible? Yeah. I mean, you, we, you, should, you, you should be. Yeah, you get uh, up there and right? tell us. Because wh- whatever, whatever you have, I don't have. Right. Just the inner light. <laughs> the special Gnostic inner light. Indeed, it's the case. So the... The harm is you can control people. Yes. Um, you can, it's certainly intimidating. I'm, I'll be honest. When people tell me that God tells them things, uh, I, I'm intimidated. Hmm. I, I, it doesn't mean I'm going to buckle under the intimidation or pressure, sure. but I, I just want to maybe go get a drink of water or, <laughs> you know, go talk to somebody else. I generally excuse speaking, me. yeah, excuse me. Um, I, I have someplace to be, so it's intimidating. It's, it's divisive. Because now you have the haves and have nots right. because not everyone has special revelation. Uh, we don't think anybody does anymore. Right. But it's such a problem and, and it's it ends up I, I like to say and I say it fairly often at church here, if if I wanted to start a cult, I would start yeah. talking like that. Yeah. Yeah. If I wanted to control people and get them to do whatever I wanted them to do, I would start saying things like God told me. Yeah. So, but we don't want to do that. We're Christians. We want to be part of the once and for all delivered to the saints faith, not some kind of weird uh, cult thing that we're starting. Right. Speaking of cult things that we're starting uh, during this COVID lockdown quarantine. Oh, no. uh, (laughs) Did did you do any binge watching of anything? You know, I really didn't. I, well, the only thing I binge watched was The Office again. Like, I almost made it uh, two seasons, maybe. The Office? What's that? Oh, come on. (laughs) You know, it was funny, though. I was laughing, telling my parents about this. We only have one TV in the house, and the kids, all of us have been sick. And so the kids kind of commandeered the TV. Uh Uh-huh. The awful things that I've seen in the past two weeks. Things you I mean, can't. What, what kind of things can't you unsee? High school musical, teen beach. I, this <laughs> stuff is just like, uh, I tell you. Kids love it. I don't get it. But anyway. Well, I, I've what been, did you watch? I've been binge watching uh, Bosch. Have you ever seen Bosch? I haven't. I've heard it. Is it good? Like L.A. police kind of. I've seen so many episodes. I, I, my mind is just fried. I'm not <laughs> recommending it. Um, but I do think Bosch, who's the, the main detective guy, he looks like Jay Gresham Machen. He does. I saw you posted so, uh, that. He does. Well, he definitely does. So maybe Machen <laughs> is alive and well and we don't even know it. <laughs> Jay Gresham Bosch that's funny. is where that's at. But what I did watch that I thought was so intriguing uh, was a short series on Netflix called How to Become a Tyrant. Ooh. I think you should watch it. It's interesting. They are very creative, very sarcastic. It's dark. It's witty. Maybe it's five or six episodes. And it's it's startling because you know, I, I'm a fan of history. I like learning about tyrants. <laughs> I think maybe my youngest daughter said, "Hey, Dad, I think you'd like this." Uh, I'm fascinated with so fascinated with socialism, fascinated with Stalin and Lenin and these different figures. In part, I think because in America we don't learn much about them because maybe so many of our intellectual elites want us to be like them. Yeah. But we're not talking about politics. <laughs> we're not doing that on the Pactum. But the so I thought of America when I heard about the ones who control the truth, control the people, 
control the quote unquote truth. Uh-huh. But I also definitely was thinking about people who claim new revelation, yeah. cult, cult leaders. They control people because they control the narrative. They control the quote unquote truth. Yep. And if God speaks to me, I'm going to be a good, good cult leader and oh, it's yeah. going to go badly. So I, I would commend that to you. Dark, yeah. witty, interesting. Um, What's the show all those years ago? Wasn't it something about being a guru or something? Did you recommend that? I have no idea. Something about this guy pretends to be this. He's a cult. He starts a cult, and there's a group of people that try to follow him, and he sounds like he has Gnostic knowledge of all these amazing things. St- and... Stephen Furtick? No. <laughs> <laughs> or Joel Osteen? Both. Yeah, they're the lead characters. Yeah, no. <laughs> Some documentary thing. I don't know what it was. Like, anyway, but it goes to the point. I mean, they did it on purpose. It was a coup. It was a setup from the start. The guy starts this cult and gets everybody to follow. And then he's like, huh, joke's on you. It's not real. But it just showed how easily you can manipulate people by telling them that you have some inside higher knowledge that they need to be successful and to uh, have everlasting life, to have whatever they're longing for. People will buy it. They'll they'll follow. So it's a dangerous game to play when you've got people saying, God told me so. Well said. It is a dangerous game to play. And so that's why we're wanting to be aggressive today and saying, if people tell you God tells them things, don't believe them. Don't give them time of day. Um, and may, maybe, maybe, maybe you're one of those people who has spoken in these terms. Uh, just stop. It'd be a good time to stop saying things like that. And Bob it, Newhart, right? Stop right, it. Right, right. And if you mean God leads you, God is working in your life, you have certain desires and affections that have changed and you want to give God the glory for them, awesome. Just don't say God told you because that's a different category. That's a category for special revelation. And we don't want to claim that if it's not something we should be claiming. Right, yeah. I, I did find it interesting just doing a little research for our episode in reading the Belgic Confession mm. and how strong it is in rejecting supposed new revelation. And here's why. This is Belgic Confession Article 7 on the sufficiency of Holy Scripture to be the only rule of faith. Here's why we would reject it. It says, because all men are of themselves liars mm. and more vain than vanity itself. Bam. Wow. I really thought that was a bam wow moment, right? That's, that's strong. Here is why. Because because people are vain and people are liars and you give them the, the, the authority of God, it's no wonder it goes badly. Even if it doesn't start on a horrible track, it's going to end there. Mm. So that, I think that should be a, a sobering reminder to us as to why we don't want to say God tells us things when he doesn't. And we don't want to listen to or follow people who claim new revelation because we shouldn't trust people. Hmm. Well, Pat, before we continue on with the episode, we do want to thank you all for listening and being a part of the Pactum Verse. We're so thankful for all of our listeners. Uh, you can continue to send us questions, as many of you do. Uh, we get lots of these questions, and we compile them over the weeks, and then we have some Pact and Response episodes. You can continue, as always, to send us those questions uh, on our email address, connect at thepactum.org. You can also find us on Twitter at The Pactum or on Instagram at The Pactum Theology. We do also want to remind you, our Pactumverse listeners, of the conference happening at Omaha Bible Church. Oh, yeah. yeah. How to Hear the Voice. Voice of God yes. with John Fesco, Matthew Barrett, and Mike Abendroth. Yes. Listening for the voice of God. It's going to be amazing. The amount of knowledge that will be. It will be very divisive, yeah. and we will control you and start a cult. 
The conference is actually our triune god with Fesco, Matthew Barrett, and Mike Abendroth here in Omaha at Omaha Bible Church. It's on October 8th and 9th. That's a Friday night and a Saturday morning. We'd love to have you join us. You can get registered for that. There's no cost, but go to omahabiblechurch.org. There should be a graphic that pops up on the front of the website. You can click that, get signed up, get registered. We'd love to have you join us. So, Pat, turning back to our topic of the episode today, God told me, uh, we're saying that's bad. Don't do that. Don't listen to people who say that. Don't give them the time of day. What's the alternative that we would suggest? The alternative is to see the beauty and splendor of the sufficiency of Scripture Mm. and to, to meditate on God's special revelation because he has spoken to us supremely in his son. We're called to meditate on scripture. We're called to use the scripture as our point of discernment. Uh, it's where we learn about who God is. It's where we learn about who we are. Uh, it's part of the extraordinary, ordinary means of yeah. grace, as yeah. we would like to say. Yeah. Uh, we would want to preach the word of God because it is God's revelation of himself centering on his son. And if you think in terms of people who are not into the sufficient of scripture. It's no wonder they're not into preaching the word of God uh, in season and out of season because they're going to preach themselves or some kind of experience or something like that. And so the alternative is to, to be impressed with what God has said and to know that we don't need more and to really, it, it causes us to rely upon God because we're relying upon the word of God. Yeah doesn't mean we don't have teachers. It doesn't mean we don't want the spirit to illumine our minds and guide us and direct us and convict us and bear fruit in our lives. But at the same time, we don't have to be controlled by the whims or desires of other people. And so there's a great stabilizing force that comes from the sufficiency of scripture. I want to be in a church where the sufficiency of scripture is affirmed and promoted and it shows itself uh, in the ministries. So ordinary means are the extraordinary means. And that's really what the good and appropriate and biblical alternative is. We're not saying that you should be a naturalist. We're, yeah. As Christians, we're supernaturalists. Right. Uh, we believe God has spoken and we believe he's given us his special revelation. Uh, and so, and we believe he still guides us and leads us and directs us, but not through new revelation. And there's a huge difference between the two of those. In addition, we want to be praying, but we pray according to what Jesus says, for example, in Matthew chapter 6. And so what we don't hear from Jesus is, okay, now when you pray, Hmm. listen for that still small voice in your heart or something like that. Uh, Prayer is not two-way communication as people who are mistaught and misguided say. Uh, We pray to God uh, and we listen for the voice of God in the written revelation of God. And he also, again, leads us, directs us guides us. Uh, But that's the alternative. And the alternative is stable. It is stabilizing and it is historic. We would say it is also biblical and it is a a good and safe place to be. So we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of Jesus calling or something uh, trite or trivial or unbiblical like that. Yeah. You know, as you're mentioning those things, Pat, I was also thinking about uh, the just kind of in incorrect view of man that some may have as they're saying, well, God told me, or I heard from God, or God speaks to me. Uh, what, a, what a prideful, arrogant thing to say that you're receiving this extra knowledge uh, before or above anybody else. And what a prideful, arrogant thing to say and claim that, well, I know these things to be true because God told me, so listen to what I have to say. These are important things. That's just absurd. And I think you know what it does is it elevates you and yourself and man 
far above God. So it's, as you were talking about having a right understanding and appreciation of the sufficiency and the beauty of Scripture and God and His revealed Word, it's, you know, having a right understanding of who we are before God as those who are totally and utterly dependent upon Him that receive His Word through the written Scriptures, but nowhere else, and we're not looking to ourselves or to other man to provide us with some (gasps) aha knowledge, but to humble ourselves before God and to rightly see that, as we saw earlier from the Belgic Confession, we're just nothing but a bunch of liars, so why would we look to ourselves? Why indeed would we look to ourselves? I do think, if I'm going to cut a little bit of slack for people uh, who are misled and misguided, sometimes they are told, you know, when you look in the Bible, people receive special revelation, sure, and sure. you should look for it too. But we're naive when we, when we believe people like that, because the fact is, people who receive special revelation from God weren't the norm. That, yeah. that, that wasn't the norm. It wasn't the mountaintop experience that Moses had was not for every, all of the people right. of God. Yeah. It was for him, yeah. and it was extraordinary. So I realize we all want to be extraordinary people, but the reality is um, when you read the Bible, all of the people in the Bible, even the people of God, weren't extraordinary in that sense. Sure. It's called special revelation for different reasons. That's one of the reasons. Right, yeah. And so we need to keep that in mind. Not that many years ago, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but I remember when the Southern Baptists were enamored, lots of them anyway, with... The Blackaby series. Oh, oh yeah. Experiencing God. Experiencing God. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was based upon that kind of premise, which yeah. is a bogus, unbiblical premise. Uh, and it led to all kinds of confusion. Yeah. So I realize we're going to be labeled as prideful and arrogant, perhaps by some today. Sure. Uh, but we're saying it's prideful and arrogant to say receiving special revelation is the norm because it wasn't even in the norm before the canon was closed. Sure. Not to mention after the fact, not to mention it's uh, historical. We think the humble thing to do would be to say, let's learn from Christians who have gone before us. Let's learn from the Bible. And let's not say things like, God told me. Instead, yeah. let's pray for wisdom. Instead, let's listen to those who believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. And we would encourage you as listeners to not be misled or duped by people who claim to receive something that they're clearly not actually receiving. And maybe they actually think they are, yeah. um, but in reality, uh, church history is not on their side. We don't think the Bible is on their side, and it's not healthy to be led by someone who claims special revelation from God in the 21st century. What have you found is the best way to handle somebody when they tell you, God told me to tell you, or God told me this, or God's been speaking to me, or maybe it's a a leader in a movement or something that somebody's a part of, or a church they're in, and the leader is saying, God told me. I say, What's the best way to handle that? Run, Forrest, run! (laughs) Run for it. Mike, I found myself responding to different people in different ways. Uh, In so many ways, I'm just done with the whole conversation, and uh, I'm happy to help someone if they want help. But generally speaking, when people that when people who I don't really know and I don't have a vested interest in, if they say God tells them things, I just think you're a liar. I don't believe you and uh, move on with it because life is short. But if it's someone in my life, someone comes to the church, visits the church, something like that, and truly, earnestly, they want some help, I want to help them. I want to help them with episodes like this. Uh, I like to point people toward a historic Protestant confession like the one that we use here. Uh, One thing it will do is it will keep people from being members who don't affirm the sufficiency of scripture. And I think, again, if, if they need help and they want to be taught, I want to be there for them. But if that's not the case, it's helpful 
because otherwise it's just going to be divisive. Mm. We're going to have people in the church who claim special revelation, people who don't. So if you can affirm a historic Protestant confession, uh, you are going to affirm the sufficiency of Scripture, and we're not going to believe a new revelation, and it's one of the things that unites us. So I guess it kind of depends on the person. I would encourage uh, everyone to pray for wisdom as they figure out how to relate to people. Some people are open. They want to have their minds changed. Uh, other people are not open. They don't have their minds changed. Uh, and so we'll pray that the Lord works in everyone's life. Mike, one time I was in Africa and doing some pastor's conferences there, having a wonderful time. When we were in one of the cities, uh, a man was very generous and kind and offered to take uh, take me around. Rob Clay was another one of our staff pastors at the time. He uh, said he was going to take us to the special fish place, to the special cove, and spend the afternoon with us because we had a free day. So we went with this guy. It was great. He really treated us uh, wonderfully. And sure enough, I, I, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And uh, on our way to the, to the lunch, it was a long drive. And he's like, you know, I, I just need to tell you something. Oh. Okay, here we go. And uh, I had no idea at the time. He, you know, God, God, God speaks to me. He, 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 he speaks to me and gives me spe- special words of knowledge. And Boy. I just thought, oh, brother, did you really have to ruin our whole day? And <laughs> so I, anyway, I think I said, well, that's interesting. Um, you should talk to your pastor about that. <laughs> <laughs> so what I basically did was change the subject as fast as I could. I did talk about the sufficiency of Christ and scripture. And, you know, the, the sad thing was the things that he was saying that God was telling him uh, weren't Christ honoring things. They weren't clear about the gospel. Uh, they were problematic. And so I, I pointed him back to his pastor and prayed for him. But what a bummer. Yeah. Um, what a, what a, what a kind of downer we could have talked about the sweetness of Christian fellowship and the glory of Christ and the promises of the gospel. Instead, it ended up being all about him uh, and him being so special and so extraordinary, which is a real downer. Well, speaking of downers, oops, sorry, I didn't mean to be that guy, but I was the downer. <laughs> and on today. the downer, I'm huh? gonna bl- I'm gonna blame COVID. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, so, do we have some resources we want to recommend before we wrap up the episode today, Pat? I think we should recommend. First of all, there's a good review of Jesus Calling, and we should link to that. It's by Tim Challies yeah. because it's real simple, clear, to the point, and it's it's well done. And since that book has such a huge uh, following and appeal. It would be good for us to have that resource for you. Yep. Also, from a little bit more academic perspective and historical biblical perspective, uh, there is a book that we'll link to called Perspectives on Pentecost. Subtitle is New Testament Teaching on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's by Richard Gaffin Jr. I think it is provocative and thoughtful when it comes to biblical theology and looking at things from a redemptive historical perspective. So two resources that are helpful, but I think there's lots of good stuff out there if you just look for sufficiency of scripture. Yeah. We'll make sure to link to both of those in our show notes for today. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of the Pactumverse. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us, connect at thepactum.org. Find us on Twitter, The Pactum, and Instagram, The Pactum Theology. We'll see you next time on The Pactum. Thank you.